kids were never a bore. You haven't heard it like this before. Yes, it's time to explore the things we care for. And though your jaw may hit the floor, we're still the weirdos you adore. We're the weirdos next door. Hello, this is Noby, he, him. And this is Nicole, they, she. And together we are the, the weirdos, weirdos next door. Not too bad. So we are talking about the recall. Yeah. Actually, the recall. Uh, the California recall that just recently happened. Um, and we were hoping to have this out earlier, but well, Bird, you went down a little research rabbit hole. I, I did. I, I, I like information. So we found out, well, I'll take, I'll take half credit. We were able to dig up all sorts of like interesting tidbits that we're going to share with you. Not just this California recall, but previous recalls around the country and ever. How many total recalls have there been? I mean, there's been lots of recalls, but as far as recalls of state governors, there have been five. Okay, so I guess we should have clarified, right? The California recall, and we're talking about recalls at the governor level. Mm-hmm. And of that, there have been five. In total, there have been five recall elections um, that state governors have faced. So the first was actually in 1921, uh, and it was North Dakota's Governor Lynn Frazier. Uh, he was a farmer and school teacher prior to entering politics. He became involved in politics when he was a young farmer, uh, serving on the township board and the school board, and then later joined the Nonpartisan League, which was created in 1915. Uh, was a political group that united progressives, reformers, and radicals behind a platform that called for many pro- that called for many progressive reforms, which included state services, suffrage for women, uh, state own state ownership of banks, mills, and mills and elevators, uh, and state-owned insurance companies. They used the primary election to take control of the Republican Party in 1916 and dominated state government by 1918, and began enacting their programs by 1919. Now, what's interesting is you would think, hearing all that, leading up to it, you would think that they took control of the Democratic Party Mm -hmm. and dominated the state government by 1918. Yep. Because all those things there are the exact polar opposite of what the current Republican... The modern Republican Party stands for. Oh, is it... History people... Yep. Just look back on history. We're all we're all the same. Yeah. We all want the same thing. Yeah, some of you are just like not able to process it properly. And I'm not trying to insult you. But all right, let's go on. Kind of, yeah. Sorry. So the nonpartisan league uh ended up with many radical changes. They did establish state owned industries like the Bank of North Dakota and state mill and elevator, which also led to the creation of oversight committees to make sure that things were being done safely and, you know, above board, ethically wise, you know, crazy stuff. How dare these things have oversight committees? Uh, They overhauled the state insurance system. Uh, they, They gradually increased income taxes for wealthy people and inheritance taxes were introduced. Uh, they expanded educational services. They developed healthcare agencies, improved regulation of public services and corporations. And under 
the, the governorship of Lynn J. Fraser, Fraser, they also created the amendment in the North Dakota Constitution that added an, a, a procedure for recall, hmm. which was almost immediately used against him. Was it his idea? Or was well, it something that came in? Like, it was like we're all going to, you know, we're going to work this recall thing in. Oh, oh no, no, it was not, it was not his plan to, to get himself recalled, but he, he wanted to give his state that ability. Fra- framework to hold the, the state representatives accountable. It's very important. <laughs> what, what, what really cracks me up about this is he absolutely totally had no clue that this was going to be used against him. Otherwise, he wouldn't have pushed it. Yep. Right? It's just like the... That's the level of, of privilege and entitlement that he had. He, like, he felt like he was above reproach, right? I don't think so. I, I... He didn't... He couldn't have fathomed that it would be... He would be recalled. I... Right? I mean, considering the... the how uneasy politically things were at that time because I mean we haven't even got to like what was going on in that political time Mm. it's not that he didn't think it was going to get used against him it's that he wanted his state to have the option Mm. whether it was used against him or not he successfully ran for office later Mm. still like it's not like he was he was hated he was very popular in his state. Hmm. The recall just had a lot of money going into it because people were afraid of the progressive ideals that were being supported in North Dakota. Wait, who? See, like we haven't even got to that part. You keep on, you keep on being. Sorry, the conservatives. What? 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 Wait, and the conservatives were what? Democrats? Was that was that the Democratic Party at the time? No, it was the Independent Voters Association. Was the uh, opposing political group at that time ah, okay um i'm not sure what they would be they they would be the current republicans that want small government uh not not government oversight of of what they do with all of their money um but either way there was a lot Roll of political, reversal yeah mm. there was a lot of political unrest at that time in the the late uh 1910s and into the 1920s, uh, which led to the creation of the Nonpartisan League and the opposing Independent Voters Association. Uh, The progressive reforms that North Dakota started bringing in brought fierce opposition fueled by funds from out-of-state corporations. They were afraid that if these policies, these radical policies caught on, that they would be coming to my state next. Hmm. So what what do I do? I give a bunch of money to make sure that that governor with those liberal ideas Mm -hmm. gets the hell out. Sound familiar? Mm. Looks like the beginning of the playbook. So they capitalized on the instability. Because, yeah, right right around that time was dealing with the the pandemic. The 1920s. uh, What was that? Was that Spanish influenza? 1918. 1918. Right. But it lasted a couple years. It right. wasn't just over within a year. So this dude was recalled in 1921. Mm. They were still dealing with the, the aftermath. Mm. Um, so between that, farm prices were down. Crops were poor due to cr- shitty weather. 
um, economic depression following World War One also. Uh, and yeah, it was a, a successful recall. He did. He got recalled. There was enough money behind the opposition that he wasn't able to to, to get through the recall. Mm. Um, years later, he won a, a U.S. Senate seat and served from 1923 to 1940, and he was a huge spokesperson for the agricultural community. Hmm. Like, he, he was an everyman, but he was passing radical ideas at a time where that wasn't very accepted. Mm. So he was punished for helping protect the state from future, including himself, mm -hmm. um, governors. Yep. So the notion of the recall was picked up by other states. Yep. And the next time there was a... So then the second time it was used was actually in 1988, and that was against Arizona's governor, Evan Meekum. Uh, but he was actually impeached and removed before his scheduled uh, recall election date. Um, just, wah, wah. Yeah. That's he, harsh. He, he, he had a lot going on, obviously. Uh, so a little bit of, little bit of a background on him. He went to Utah State Agricultural College on a scholarship, but uh, went into World War II. He joined the army. Uh, he was a fighter pilot who got shot down and was held as a prisoner of war for a month and was awarded the Air and Purple Heart for his service. Hmm. Uh, he went on to open some car dealerships, had some unsuccessful newspapers before losing his first bid uh, for a House of Representatives seat in 1952. Um, hmm. He then ran for a state senate seat in 1960, uh, attempted to unseat the incumbent, and, but had very little support from the rest of his party. Mm. Uh, he then ran four unsuccessful bids for Arizona governor. You know what? This is the tortoise. Mm -hmm. He's never long. He's like, no, no, you know what? He's a honey badger. He's <laughs> just like, can't give up. Honey badger can't let don't it care. Go. Just, 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 just clamping on like, I'm going to get this piece. Yep. Board. yep. So four unsuccessful bids. Wow. 1964, 1974, That's... 1978, 1982. Finally on his fifth run. In 1986, he had enough support from uh, the Mormon Church and the John Birch Society, uh, which hmm. the John Birch Society is a whole different thing. Oh, they yeah. uh, they describe themselves as a political advocacy group supporting anti-communism and li limited government. They were created in 1958, hmm. peaked in the 1970s, and have seen a resurgence since the mid 2010s. Hmm. What what else what else started to spike again in the mid 2010s? What happened in mid 2010s? Hmm. Huh weird super weird uh but it has also been argued that uh the john birch society has shaped the current conservative movement and is actually referred to as the intellectual seed bank of the right so that's terrifying okay so who's referring to that obviously not the libtards yeah no it's it's uh i think that was a politico mm. uh author if i remember correctly super scary yeah yeah so he he eventually had enough support from the mormon church and these dudes uh and finally won his fifth bid for uh for governor you know a for efforts yeah yeah he finally finally wore him down yeah they're like fine we'll give it to you just leave us the hell alone i think it's also i mean again look at who who was elected in the mean the mid-2010s the person who is the loudest the person who has radicalized themselves or their ideals behind, you know, to be able to get the biggest rise out of people. So it, 
it just kept on not working. So he mm. had to continue to, to radicalize and radicalize until he got the right people behind mm. him. Yep. That's what it looks like to me. Mm. He had a political legacy-ish kind of, but I mean, he really wasn't known for a lot of great things. He he did some trading uh, so that North Dakota got a, a contract uh, to export $63 million worth of cotton to Taiwan. Uh, he... He led an effort to raise the the uh, the rural highway speed from 55 to 65, like super duper important. But Sweet. he also attributed high divorce rates to working women. To working women, mm-hmm. he told a Jewish audience that America was a Christian nation. What? He made off-color comments about eye shape regarding a group of Japanese businessmen. Oh man! He defended and liked to use the term pickaninny. And uh, he then really attracted national attention for canceling a paid holiday for MLK that had just been established for state employees. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So he canceled a, a paid holiday, but especially MLK Day. Hmm. Uh, hmm. <laughs> oh, and he was also, during his time, his aides said that he was... Uh, super neurotic and had a lot of anxiety. He felt like he was being monitored uh, and was constantly, you know, super concerned that people were listening to him and always kept the music on to keep out the lasers. So, conspiracy theories. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So what was the QAnon back then? <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. Um, so, a lot uh, unfortunately, the, the downfall for him was kind of canceling that holiday that was kind of the uh the, yeah, the matchstick for him hmm. there were a lot of civil rights protests there was a massive boycott uh the nba canceled a convention in arizona that year along with 45 other canceled conventions hmm. uh, he became very very quickly public enemy number one because you know he he outed himself as a racist you know, what's interesting is, and the parallels here with, you know, what's currently going on is that people are, people have always felt this way. Mm-hmm. They felt a certain way, but they weren't allowed to. They didn't feel like they could come out and say, be openly racist. Yeah, they had, they had the shame. Now it's like, it's like, hey, you know, troll boy up there mm-hmm. is saying shit like Kung Flu, what the hell? So I'm gonna do it too, and so it's totally. It's okay for them. He should be held accountable for what he has incited. Yep. But speaking of trolls, Hmm. uh, this dude got troll 